Welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. Life happens sometimes, and because of that, we are not going to be able to put a new episode out this week. However, do not fear, because we are going to drop one of our previous episodes in what I am calling a remix. You'll understand why whenever you hear it. So, please enjoy, and we will be back with new episodes soon. Thanks. Welcome, everyone, back to the Project Gen X podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with Big Dave. And today, we are going to do something very Generation X. How's that working out for you? What? Being clever. We're going to talk about a movie that is near and dear to a lot of our hearts. That would be the 1999 film Fight Club. Whoa, 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 hold on. We can't talk about We can't about talk. This. I know, yeah, I know. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Third rule of Fight Club, someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out, the fight is over. Fourth rule, only two guys to a fight. Fifth rule, one fight at a time, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirts, no shoes. Seventh rule, fights will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule, if this is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. So, <clears throat> we're going to break the first two rules right off the bat. <laughs> we're going to break a lot of those rules right off the bat. So. <laughs> uh, I'm way hey, too old to get into a fight right now. So. <laughs> and let me just say, the fat guy is not taking his shirt off. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Bob had bitch tits. Have you read the book? I have not. Okay. Uh, Fight Club was written by Chuck Palahniuk. It came out in... uh, I want to say it was either 95 or 96. Let me look real quick because um, this is one of those things. And Biscuit apparently thinks he knows. Um, Let's see here. I'm going to take this with me, though. (laughs) You've got your Tyler... Durden Popco Funk. Yeah, Funko Pop. Yeah, yep. whatever. Uh, it was written in 1996, or it came out in 1996. Okay. Do you, so, so you haven't read the book. Have you um, heard any of the story about how it came to be? No. Okay. Um, all I know is the movie. That, okay. That's literally okay. all I know. So back in the uh, the early 90s, Chuck Palahniuk was, he was on a, I think it was a camping trip, if I'm not mistaken. And he, it was him and a bunch of his friends and they were out kind of like, and there was nobody around. Yeah. And, uh, some campers came in and basically set up right next to them and began playing music really loudly, like all like way into the night. And he went over to confront them and got into an altercation with one of the guys and basically got his ass kicked. And so he was working, a you know. A, a corporate job at the time and he came back into work and he had these two big black eyes you know and nobody wanted and everybody was just trying to act like nothing was wrong and that kind of stuff and so it gave him this idea of you know why people act if they see you know something someone who obviously has, has got some injuries they'll try to act as normal as possible and, and not acknowledge yeah. you know that kind of stuff and that and many there's many other things that come into it there is a great interview and I'm actually in our YouTube. I've already put the playlist together. Oh, nice. Of stuff. One of them, uh, he was on Rogan, and they talked about it. 
you know, some in there, um, some of the, you know, the, the behind him writing it and all that kind of stuff. It, it's a lot different than the movie. There, there are major differences. So what you're saying is I need to pick up the book. The book is a lot different. Uh, the ending is different, a much different ending. Let's just put it that way. Um, there is also another YouTube page. And once again, I'm going to have links to all this stuff of it's called, uh, it's already there, folks. It's already there, yeah. And like I said, all you have to do is just click on the link, and it'll take you straight to the playlist. There, uh, and one of the things there's this uh, YouTube channel, YouTube channel called Behind the Behind the Story, I think it's called. And they talk to different authors, different writers. And one of them, they talk to Chuck Palahniuk about writing Fight Club, the book. They also talk to, of course, I could top of my head. I can't bring up the guy's name, the screenwriter for the movie, you know, about when he was adapting the book and you would probably not going to see it in there since nope. that's a steel book. It's yeah. a steel book and it um, has zero in there. Yeah. Uh, it's because I was watching it last night. still in the player. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. I do um, physical media, especially steel books. Those, Cause those things are pretty awesome. So anyways, apparently, um, Polinick wrote this book, and it was optioned as a screenplay, and it kind of sat around for a little bit. Yeah. And um, and then Fincher got a hold of it. Yeah. And that's when they really kind of started working on and everything. The so, screenplay. Yeah. And, up and running. Right. And so it was one of those things where people forget. Like, did you see the movie in theaters? Yeah. Okay. I oh, did. Yeah. I did it as well. Um, again, man, there's a book called Best Movie Year Ever that came out last year that is all about 1999 as in film because it is it's such a monumental year when it comes to film so this being it, one it's of these, kind of the 90s version of 84 uh something like that yeah okay. yeah honestly i mean because you start going down the list of, of movies that came out that year the matrix oh, fight yeah. club yeah six cents being john malkovich blair witch project oh, so you just mentioned two american pie uh, I mean, it's just, you kind of start going down like all this yeah. stuff that came out, you know, and it's like, oh, wow, this, this really was a monumental year. It's, and Being John Malkovich, it's, such it's a, one of my favorites. And I picked this up for a reason and I don't remember now. Oh yeah, dude. Um, so the, let's see, here it is. So Fight Club was released in October 15th, 1999 okay. is when it was released. Yeah. It was a miserable failure in theaters. People forget that. Really? Yes. Because everybody I know was going, you need to go watch this film. The budget was $63 million. Yeah. It made $37 million in its theatrical run. Ouch. Yes. It, you know, in its worldwide gross, it made $111 million. But this movie did not really... Take off until ...develop VHS. the cult of... Tyler Durden until it hit home actually until it hit DVD mm-hmm. because this was right around the time DVD yeah, became right. you know when it when it was released in 2000 on DVD was about the time people were like oh players are affordable oh you mean this is a better you know a better format than VHS and blah 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 and it had a whole bunch of extras on it and, and all that and I remember when yeah. that being like a big <clears throat> thing when it was released because it oh, came yeah. in a special like two disc set, you know, and had all these, it had all these, um, the commentary, the commentaries, the you know, with, and, 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 you know, one of them is, is it's Fincher and, uh, Edward Norton and Brad Pitt sitting around and, and they're basically talking philosophy and all this kind of, you know, and just all this kind of just weird, you know, whatever. And then you had, you know, Hel- Helena Bonacarter did one, you know, and all this stuff. And so, 
and we haven't even started talking about the movie. It's proper yet. Oh yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> it was one of those movies that, like I said, it, it developed a cult after the fact. Strangers with this kind of honesty make me go a big rubbery one. For good and for ill both. Because it's one of those things where even at the time there was some criticism about about the movie for being like this hyper-masculine, you know, it's kind of an anti-woman movie. We're a generation of men raised by women. I'm wondering if another woman is really the answer we need. And it's like, I see that. But... I think that what really gets lost, and it's one of the things that Polnick talks about in the, that Rogan interview, of how he said the, re- the reason he thinks that it connected with men the way that it did, because it's predominantly a, a male oh, movie. I yeah, mean, like the, sure. the, the fan club is predominantly male. Yeah. There are some women who like to look at Brad Pitt with his shirt off, you know, or whatever it is. But it's still one of those things where it is predominantly a, like, men love this movie. Yeah. My classic thing is that there are so few social model novels or stories for men. For, for women, there are, a, you know, every season. There's a new Joy Luck Club, a new How to Make an American Quilt, a new Traveling Sisterhood of the Yaha Pants, whatever. <laughs> Just all these different models in which women can come together and talk about their lives. And if you're a man, you've got either Fight Club or you have the Dead Poet Society. And that is really it. So we don't have a lot of narratives that that depict to men a role or a kind of script of, you know, uh, in which to come together and talk about their their shed. It was also one of those things we think about when this movie came out at the very end of the 90s. You know, we had come through, the 90s was a time whenever, in theory anyway, it was more acceptable for men to be more emotional. And, you know, we'd come through all this self-help yeah. stuff, you know, and there was all these books written about like, oh, you know, what was it, the... Uh, wild at heart, you know, and all this, like these, 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 these men centric, Hey, I'm going to go out into the wild because we were supposed to be, you know, these rugged outdoorsmen and we're not anymore. And, you know, kind of stuff. And it's some of the stuff that they talk about in the movie, you know, some of the, yeah. some of the monologues that, you know, the, 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 that, Tyler, that Tyler gives, you know, it's, Hey, you know, we're, and one of my favorite ones and I'm going to I'm going to drop the clip in here because it, we haven't even gotten into the movie yet. Drop the clip. I'm going to right drop the clip here. Well, I'm going to drop it here after I tell my version of it, <laughs> and then we'll see what it is. Uh, but he he talks about you know he, he's looking around. It's like while they're in the group, he said you know I see I see people. I see a lot of men here with a lot of potential. You know he says you know we're the middle children of history. And I see in Fight Club the strongest and smartest men who've ever lived. I see all this potential, and I see it squandered. God damn it, an entire generation pumping gas, waiting tables, slaves with white collars. Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy shit we don't need. We're the middle children of history, man. No purpose or place. We have no great war, no great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. 
We're slowly learning that fact. We're very, very pissed off. We didn't have a great war. He's talking about Generation X is what yeah. he's talking about. And that's why I say this is such a Generation X movie. And I've heard complaints to let people like, oh, well, you know, you had your nice corporate job and your 401 and blah, okay and blah, blah, blah. And, mm, and you're so, no. yeah, it must be nice to, you know, to, to have all this, this stability. And then you get to play. And I'm like, all right, shut up, millennials, for work, first off. Um, we're not the reason that you're in the situation you're in. It has a lot to do with the boomers and you is what it comes down uh, to. Um, so. <laughs> There's, Sorry, there's my there's my rant. And that's a lot of revisionist history mm-hmm. because, you know, when a lot of us were coming of age, you know, we were coming out of college. There's no jobs. Right. We, you know, we, we were the first generation that's, that, that had to deal with that. Yeah. We were. You know, this is mm-hmm. not something that, that's, that's, that's millennial-centric. This was something that we've was, already been through. Was it? I forget. There was like a New York Times article or something that said that we were going to be the first generation to not do as, as well, well as, as our, our parents. parents right. And we were told that from day one. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, but that, at one point we looked at him and we go, whatever. Yeah, no, we don't exactly. Care. And we went and built built the internet. You know, that's <laughs> I always go back to that. I always go back to that. Our generation it might not have been you and me specifically, but Generation X built the internet. It came out with some and really as well as some other yeah I know and, and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And, and again, got looked over into well, still getting looked over yeah we're what always going to get looked over what was that CBS over. poll where they completely, I know, completely left, left us, us out yeah. of it I know there's been, there's plenty of oh if you go here's here's another one that happened if you go and look up generations like on Google yeah. you know at the top of it they'll have the different generations everything's listed there except for generation x figures I mean, seriously, it jumps from boom, the baby boomers to, to millennials, millennials yeah. and then into the Gen Z. And, you know, like, and I'm just like, goes back until like, you know, like the greatest generation, the, the, the silent generation, the, all that kind of stuff. Gen X is not listed there. It's just like, okay, fine. And it's funny because Google was found to lie Gen Xer. Yeah, no. <laughs> he probably did that on purpose, ironically. Again, the irony of the situation is yeah. not lost on us, you yeah. know. It's <laughs> so anyway... Um, Tyler Durden, we're gonna we're gonna have to get into this a you, lot. You of were this. talking about your favorite. Your favorite. Well, that was my quote. So we're, we're, we are the the middle children of history. Yeah, you know, we and didn't have our great war. We, we didn't have a great war. We didn't have our we great depression. Right. We didn't. You know, our he goes great on, war was sp- spiritual, well, and our great depression is our lives. Exactly. And you also talked about how you know, we were you know in past generations we went out with our fathers and you know, learned to do things, to learn the world. Yeah. We learned to hunt. We learned to, you know, we learned to, to fish. fish. To we camp. learned to, to camp. We learned to build. We learned to do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And we had a whole generation, as you said, we're a generation raised by women, you know. Not that that's such a bad thing. It's just that when you have a generation that does not have strong father figures, yeah. and ours did not, it's when, when you don't have a generation raised by men, you get... Well, one, a, ge- a lost generation in a lot of ways. One of two things happens with that situation. Either when they grow up, they go out and they purposefully go to learn those things on their own and try to outdo what their father did. Absolutely. And not be that person. Absolutely. Or they go completely the opposite direction and do everything that their father did and worse. Right. Right. And that's one of the things we're getting in the movie that, you know. And it's, it's, it, there is really no in-between there. Absolutely. So here we go. We're going to get into the movie now. Just in case someone is listening to this and has not 
seen this movie this or does not know ma- the twist. This is going to have some major spoilers. <laughs> there is a huge twist in this movie that was completely shocking. Yeah. At the time. And so here, here's your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen this movie or read the book, go stop ahead. Listening stop now. listening go now. Go watch it. Go watch it. Enjoy it. Get angry. Do whatever it is you're going to do. It's a $4 rental yeah. on Voodoo. And you can get, I mean, hell, you can find DVDs. I, I would suggest going and buying the the Blu-ray of it because well, yeah. it's got, the extras on it are great. I mean, it's like, okay, remember when I, I gave you, because I gave you my copy of it because I had gotten yes. that steel book. Remember I told you that it would mess with you when you first put it in? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, this was... DVD, this Blu-ray is amazing because you put it in and it comes up and it says, you know, like, was it Paramount or whatever it is? And then it goes right into the, the the uh, home sc- the home menu mm-hmm. for never been kissed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it fades. It, it blinks a few times and it actually goes into the Fight Club. Yeah, let me main let menu, me tell you, so. I was I, I had a bout of insomnia and mm-hmm. I was up at like midnight, one o'clock, and needed something to watch to kind of settle down, and I popped it in. Like what is this? And all of a sudden, I was like, "What the?" Uh, I know. Oh, what? No, no this is. He I know, gave me the wrong I know, disc. I know. I did the same because I had bought, I purchased it and had not watched it yet. And yeah. I put it in one night to watch it, and that came up. I'm like, "Was there a mistake?" And I'm, "Oh, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, this is <laughs> good one. All right, yeah, you got me. You know, yeah. Um, insomnia. In the early part. Of, okay, first off. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. And, and honest answer. What is Edward Norton's character's name? Who knows? Correct. He's just the narrator. That's right. all he is in this. Now, he, he goes by many names in right. this movie. Now, the one that they keep coming back to is Jack. Yeah. Which comes from because he finds there, he's reading, when when he moves in with Tyler, He's reading all these magazines that were left behind in this house, and it's like somebody who'd written a bunch of short stories where they had pers- they had personified they, different. They were writing organ. St- Listen to this. It's an article written by an organ in the first person. I am Jack's medulla oblongata. Without me, Jack could not regulate his heart rate, blood pressure, or breathing. There's a whole series of these. I am Jill's nipples. I am Jack's colon. Yeah, I get cancer. I kill Jack. And one of them was I am Jack's whatever. Yeah. And so he keeps coming back to that over time where he's like, I am Jack's lack of empathy or I am Jack's lack of caring yeah. or whatever, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of one of those things where you, you kind of start thinking, oh, his name's Jack. No, he actually has a name that he goes by at the very beginning that he's using when he's in the office. No, he doesn't. You sure about that? Positive. He's never given a name in this. Hmm. Now, in Fight Club 2, we find out what his real name is. Don't tell me I'm ready. I'm, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where our narrator is, he's having real trouble with insomnia. Major trouble. Major. Like, and something that you and I both have, know about. Have dealt with and, and still I deal with. And I have said, and I said it on our episode about insomnia, this movie and The Machinist oh. are both excellent in yeah. portraying the long-term effects of insomnia. Yeah. Uh, and he even talks about, you know, like when you can't sleep, everything is a copy of a, a copy, copy of, of a, a copy. copy. For six months, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. 
With insomnia, nothing's real. Everything's far away. Everything's a copy of a copy of a copy. And it's true. Yeah. It is 100% true. Everything have, flattens out. Yes. Um, you, 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 everything. Your yeah. emotions flatten out. Your, you know, your, your sense of color, your sense of taste. I mean, everything just flattens out after a while. Thankfully, I have not had as bad a problem with that as I've gotten older as I did when I was younger. Yeah. Um, because I did some of the staying up for three or four days at a time, yeah. and it's not fun. I mean, it is not funny. It wreaks all kinds of havoc on your system. So anyways, he can't, he can't sleep. We go into the doctor and the doctor keeps telling him, you know, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You take some do whatever, blah, blah, blah. You need, you need, and and I've been through that with doctors before. It's like, no, you need natural sleep. You don't need, you know, because he asked him to give him something and he's like, Hey, I'm in pain here. He's like, you want to see pain? Go to the, the cancer support group on Tuesday nights, you know? Yeah. So and, he does. And he becomes an addict. Yeah, of and so support he, a support groups because he goes in there and he pretends to have all these diseases and he cries with everybody and that kind of stuff and, and he sleeps wonderfully. It's an emotional release. Absolutely. Go ahead, Cornelius. You can cry. <laughs> and then something happened. I let go. Lost in oblivion. <laughs> Dark and silent and complete. I found freedom. Losing all hope was freedom. Babies don't sleep this well. You Which know? is what a lot of people, not just men, are I, looking for I know, anymore. I know. And, and this was 21 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's one of those things where you know, he starts going to this stuff. In the process of it, he meets Marla Singer. You check your prostate. Played by Helena Bonacarter. Probably the best thing I've ever seen her in. I've seen her in some stuff I liked other than this, yeah. but this is the one I always go back to with her. This is her iconic role. I, I know agree. it sounds butts about well, it. Well, people are going to pull out the Harry Potter stuff, and that's I've, what she's going to end I've, up being remembered for. I've not seen any of those movies, so but I can tell the, you. You're right. This is where she's she's definitely showing off right, the chops. Right, right, Now, I had seen her previously in a movie called Wings of the Dove, and it's a period piece from like the 1800s for early 1900s, somewhere around in there, you mm. know, and it based on liter- you know, a book, you know, this, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And it was good. I really enjoyed it. I thought, oh yeah, she, I kind of kept my eye on her. I was like, wow, she's, she's really good, you know? And then that was, I think a year before this movie came out or something like that. Yeah. So when I saw, it, I was like, oh, hey, it's her. And she was in something else in there too. I can't remember. Oh, um, she did um, Sweeney Todd. No, before oh, Fight before Club. Then? Yeah. Since then, I mean, she was in all that because she was married to Tim Burton for a while. Yeah. And she was in all of his movies. You know, she was in um, uh, the Alice in Wonderland movies and she was in Sweeney Todd. Yeah. She was in, well, even wasn't his movie, but she was in Les Miserables. And she was, I mean, she's been in a bunch of, of movies and stuff like that. Um, but this was the one, this was her breakout role and probably the one she will always be known for. Well, I mean, it's mm. it's her, it's Edward Norton, mm-hmm. it's Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. There's another actor in this that people don't realize is in this. Okay, Jared Leto's in this. Oh yeah, he's Angel Face. That's what yeah. his name is. Yeah, and it's and this was I was going to say Jared Leto can see he has a small role in this. Yeah, this 
I can say this movie is the one that led to him becoming Jared Leto that won an Oscar later. Yeah. Where he started doing like really serious films. Prior to this, he was just Jordan Catalano. Yeah. I'm sorry for that's that's all he was up until he did this part. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Jordan Catalano was a character on My So Called Life. It was like his first big role as his breakout. Yeah. You know, which you should go watch if you. It's a good, seen yeah, that. it's good. It's it's one and season wonder type thing, and it should have it should have been more, but it, it's perfect the way that it is. And so. he also has a band, Thirty Seconds to Mars. Yeah, we don't which, talk about that, so. which you don't like, but I, I kind of dig some of their. Stuff. Well, that's funny because like when he's. When Tyler, when they're sitting here, he's talking about, you know, we all grew up thinking we were going to be this, you know, blah, 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 and rock stars. He walks right past him and looks and looks at Jared Leto, yeah. you know, when he says it. So it's kind of funny. It's like, because he was already, he'd been in that band for a Forever, while yeah. before they really kind of hit big, you know. And um, so um, I, there's another cameo in this that you probably don't remember. Other than Meatloaf? Well, yeah. Meatloaf is the other one. And that's not a cameo. He's a major Meatloaf, actor. Meatloaf plays Bob or Robert Paulson, as we know. Robert Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. Um, his name was Robert Paulson. That's right. His, his name, name was, was Robert, Robert Paulson. Paulson. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Um, Which is actually, that's kind of a poignant scene if you think it about really it. It really is. It really is. But Edward Kowalski from the band Live is in this movie. I'll just have a coffee. Thanks. Sir, anything you order is free of charge, sir. Why is it free of charge? Whatever. Uh, I'll have the clam chowder, the fried chicken with the baked potato with everything, and a chocolate chiffon pie. Clean food, please. In that case, sir, may I advise against the lady eating the clam chowder? No clam chowder, thank you. I did not realize Near the end of the movie, when he catches up to Marla, and they're sitting in the restaurant, and and the waiter comes up and is like, oh, anything you order here... Is, it, is that him? That's, that's him. Oh, yes. wow. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize it. Yes, that's him. And I didn't either until someone pointed it out to me. I'm like, oh, wow, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's a, so, yeah, Ed from, from Live is in this. Nice. Um, again, we keep talking all around this. So, anyways, <laughs> we're, spo- we're going to spoil the hell out of this. So, okay, all right, before we do that, so uh, we find out that the narrator works for a major car company car manufacturer he doesn't he will not tell which one it is because he's telling what he is he is a, he's an adjuster basically if they have a i'm going to put the clip in here on a long enough timeline the survival rate for everyone drops to zero i was a recall coordinator my job was to apply the formula a new car built by my company leaves somewhere traveling at 60 miles per hour the rear differential locks up the car crashes and burns with everyone trapped inside now should we initiate a recall? Take the number of vehicles in the field, A, multiply it by the probable rate of failure, B, then multiply the result by the average out-of-court settlement, C, A times B times C equals X. If X is less than the cost of a recall, we don't do one. Are there a lot of these kinds of accidents? You wouldn't believe. Which car company do you work for? A major one. So basically, what it is is that he goes, you know, as you heard you from the clip, he goes and you know basically determines whether or not they they should do a recall yeah. if there's a, if there's an issue with and the car. And if the body count payout is smaller than, than the, what actual the actual recall, out of court statement, yeah, then they won't worry about it. Yeah, um, which sounds pretty. So he travels a lot. Yeah. yeah, he travels a lot, and that's when he met, he meets Tyler. Yeah. 
when he actually meets Tyler, because we see Tyler show up a couple times prior to this in little bits and pieces you're, here and you're there. You're going to miss the first three. No, I saw when I, when, we, when I saw this back in the theater, I saw the little clips of him just appearing here you're, and there, and it you're was going to catch little flashes, right? With, from and then he's on the escalator. He's on the the in, people mover, right? On the people mover in the background. He he's going to show up in like little two and three frame, right? Pops, right? So he. He meets well. First off, he before the, the, the first before one this, is when he's talking to okay, the doctor. Hold, hold, hold. Before this, though, he um, he confronts Marla because Marla yeah. starts showing up at all of the meetings with you know, and he confronts her and, and you know because he knows that she's a faker and blah blah blah, and she's just this chick Marla Singer did not have testicular cancer. She was a liar. She had no diseases at all. I had seen her at Free and Clear, my blood parasites group Thursdays, then at Hope, my bi-monthly sickle cell circle, and again at Seize the Day, my tuberculosis Friday night. Marla, the big tourist. Her lie reflected my lie. And suddenly, I felt nothing. I couldn't cry. So once again, I couldn't sleep. She knows that he. She knows that she's a faker because he is. He's yeah, a faker. exactly. And it's one of those things, Marla Singer. Oh God, I love Marla Singer. Um, <laughs> because let me tell you, Marla Singer is absolutely the type of woman that I would have chased after back in 1999. <laughs> yeah. In 1999, and a little in further, I know that that just she definitely my type. Um, but it. It's one of those things that they have this whole thing, and there's even like, even she asks his name. Remember? Yeah. Doesn't have your name. Who are you? Cornelius, Rupert, Travis, any of the stupid names you give each night. And we never get a, you know, she's like, so what is it? Is it is it Cornelius? Is it is it you know? He, she goes down a list of all these names he uses in the the in, support in, in the support groups, and we never get a. Definitely an answer. An answer. We never get an answer at all because a bus drives by and it cuts to the scene. So. He meets Tyler on a plane, and um, he's telling him you know, all this stuff. And you know, and Tyler is just so cool, and you know, and he has these little clever things. He talks about his single-serving friends, and you actually, know, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's one of those things because you know everything's a single-serving on an airplane on but a actually, flight. That's not Tyler. That's a yeah, narrator. No, no, no. It's Tyler. Well, he's, no, well, it's a narrator. It's the narrative. That's what I'm saying. He's telling. He says something to Tyler, Tyler about yeah. you're you by far the most interesting single serving friend that I have. Yeah. And he, and he just Tyler just sits there, and looks at him, he goes, "I call single serving friends because you know." And he's like, "Oh, I get it." And he's like, "Yeah, it's just my clever little thing." He's like, "So clever." He's like, "How does that work out for you?" He's like what? Being clever. Mm, pretty good. It, and he's just like, "Keep oh, doing that." Yeah. It's just kind of like, uh. and it's just one of those things that he notices that they have the same uh, suit. Uh, uh, briefcase. Briefcase. Okay. The only, the only mistake I've found in this movie is that whenever they get back and he finds out that his apartment has, has exploded, yeah. you know, his, his boyfriend, he calls Tyler and of course he doesn't answer. And then he, Tyler calls him back on the plate on the payphone. Yes. Payphones. That's how far back we're going here. Yep. Um, and <clears throat> He says, hey, we met on a plane. Remember, we had the same suitcase. Yeah. That's the only mistake because he says suitcase instead of briefcase. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, okay, but that's that's the only mistake I found in this. Let's just go ahead and ruin it right now for anybody. Everybody knows 
Tyler Durden and the narrator are the same person. What did you just call me? Say my name. Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden, you fucking freak. What's going on? Yes. It is a split. It's a split personality. His, his insomnia has caused a major break. Right. In his right. persona. And they, they, and because I don't want to go through this point by point all the way through all the stuff because it's, <laughs> it, we could sit here for an hour doing that yeah. easily. You know? um, so it's one of those things that it brings up some questions for me as far as how other people perceive Tyler Durden yeah. slash the narrator because they we are, are seeing polar we, opposites and we are seeing them together. Yeah talking to each other and there are other people in the rooms and it's kind of one of those because there are several times like when they're in the car together and they're you know Tyler's driving narrator sitting in the in the passenger seat and then there's three of Project Mayhem two I thought it was three it's only two okay there's two no there's three of them there's two I just watched I, it. I did too and, I, and the thing is I kept looking at because it it's one of those things they keep going back and forth I think there's somebody in the middle there's not there's only mm-hmm. two and when they get out of the car there's only four of them outside the car I, the reason I know this is because I was watching this thing for all the, yeah, all the little it, yeah. details because the film editor in me wants right. to well, but the thing download is, this into my favorite the, the linear editor it, and go by, through it frame by frame the thing about it is that they're talking to each other back and forth yeah. and they keep answering in the back someone in my Mind you. No. All right, yeah. Why wasn't I told about Project Mayhem? First rule of Project Mayhem is you do not ask questions. What are you talking about? Why didn't you include me in the beginning? Fight Club was the beginning. Now it's moved out of the basement. It's called Project Mayhem. You and I started Fight Club together. Do you remember that? It's as much mine as it is yours, you know. Is this about you and me? Yeah, I thought we were doing this together. You're missing the point. This does not belong to us. We are not special. Fuck that. You, you should have told me. Damn it, Tyler. What do you want? Statement of purpose? Should I email you? Should I put this on your action item list? Uh, look. You decide your own level of involvement. I will. I want to know certain things first. The first rule of Project Mayhem. up. You know, every time he's like, you know, what, you know, what are... What's going on? He was like, yeah, what's going on or whatever. And the guys in the back keep saying, you know, the first rule of Project Mayhem is you don't talk, you know. And yeah. and the narrator keeps saying, shut up. You know, it's not Tyler. It's the narrator. So it's one of those things. And they kind of look at each other at one point like, what's going on with this dude? Yeah. You know, of course, when you watch it the first time, you don't get any of this. That was the thing. This was such a, okay. Did this, did you have any indication when you watched it the first time? No. Okay. Here's, and, and this is me, I did not figure it out, okay? But I knew something was up, and I had, in my mind, I had, con- I had come up with a theory of what was actually happening. And I was a little bit right, but a lot wrong. <laughs> <laughs> when the narrator goes to visit Marla, when, you know, she's, she calls him over to her place. Not the suicide attempt, but the other, the second yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's walking out, and then Bob walks up. And he's yeah. like, and he's like, Cornelius, Cornelius, hey, you know, and he starts the whole, you know, I got a new, I found a new place, you know, and uh, first rules, I'm not supposed to tell you about anything about it. Second, I'm not supposed to say anything. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a member too, you know, and they start whatever. And he starts talking about Tyler Durden. Yeah. And of course, the narrator, you know, oh, have you met the man that, that created Fight Club and blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of got this look on his face like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of them, you know, everything. Yeah. And when, for whatever reason, when he said, so you've met, so have you met Tyler Durden? And, and then like Edward Norton, you know, the narrator's face is just like, 
what? Because it's this real letdown of like, you don't know. For whatever reason, when I was watching the movie, something clicked in my head of, I didn't think they were the same person, but I thought what was actually happening was that Tyler was pretending to be the narrator and talking about quote unquote Tyler as being the narrator as basically saying he was actually like, he was actually trying to push all the responsibility off on Edward Norton and it not be him, you know, type thing. And again, I was a little bit right, but I was a lot wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So when it actually happened, it was still a big surprise of like, Oh wow. Okay. Uh, A couple of things with this. There's one thing that that's another mistake that has when the narrator is explaining what Tyler does at night with all these jobs that he has, he's working in the movie theater and he's splicing single single (laughs) frames of of hardcore pornography into family films, you know, that kind of stuff. He's explaining how the film rules work and he's like, yeah, whenever you see this, it's called a cigarette burn. Yeah. That's not what that's called. That was completely made up for the film. Yeah. And that's people who were, who were still like the few places around where they still are projectionists and stuff are like really pissy about that. Like, yeah. oh, that's not a thing that ever existed prior to this movie. <laughs> now, those little things, I remember seeing those oh, back yeah. in the day. Like, well, about, he, this he is would, where it was. He would point them he out. He pointed to it. Yeah, I know. It was, it was, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's one of the things with this movie is that it's very aware. And it's another thing. It's very of its time because this was at a time when. Breaking the fourth wall was kind of well, a thing. I'm mean, like, this is at a time when this is a time before digital yeah. really took over. So it was one of those things that everything was on film. Yeah. And so there's a lot of stuff in this, like there you will see the film kind of like there's one point where Tyler turns and looks at the camera and he starts talking and he's like something says something like prepare for crash down or something. And it, it the film looks like it it starts to It's getting ready to come to off come the off the, right. Yeah. And then it, it right, you know. So there's stuff like that that in the theater, you're kind of like, what's going on here? You know? Yeah. And, and, and there was much, and also like with all the little, like Tyler, little flashes of Tyler that keep, it's like, is there something wrong with the film? But I, but I recognize, you know, that's Brad Pitt. That's obviously Brad Pitt. That yeah. these little flashes, you know? Um, so I don't even know where to go from here. We get into, you actually get the, we get into a couple into, of frames of hardcore. Well, yeah, at the very end of the movie. Yeah. But it, what was I going to say? You know, eventually Fight Club turns into Project Mayhem, yes. which is, there's some interesting stuff in there. Did you ever, did you, I'm sure you did, but there are a ton of product placements in this thing. Oh yeah. That on was done purpose. on purpose that it was all because, and cause Tyler rails against that type of stuff, you know, yeah. like corporate sponsorships and this and that consumerism. And, yeah. You and, are not what you own. Yeah, exactly. And, the things, Oh, my favorite, the, the things that, the things that you own wind up owning you. Yeah. I have ever since I heard that when I was 25 years old, I've really kind of kept that in the back. I was like, no, it's true. Yeah, it's true. And I have, I have several times in my life, in my adult life done a purges in I'm, my house of like I'm getting rid of everything that, that I don't need Project Mayhem is all about destroying stuff which is something that, that well it's not just earlier, about destroying stuff it's it's about literally causing mayhem absolutely you in know the, it's one of those in the war room he the, had folders up there that was disinformation right and you know misinformation and they do stuff you know yeah. where you know, he gives them you know, like go and start a fight with somebody a stranger this week and Homework lose you know yeah it. you know it was uh, one of them like the one whenever 
Bob is killed. Yeah. They they were destroying a piece of corporate art and a uh, a, franchi- a franchise coffee, uh, which is supposed to be Starbucks, but it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, now Starbucks does appear in this, but they would not sign off on having one of their their um, locations, uh, their locations destroyed. destroyed. Yeah. So it was like, all right. Um, and I really kind of wonder what some of the other, because I mean, Pepsi is all over this thing. You see yeah. Pepsi and Mountain Dew machines and all that, uh, Krispy Kreme, yeah. Ikea, Cadillac, BMW. I mean, it's one of those things where it's just one after another, after another, after. Now here's the fun one. Apple is in this. Yes. I'm trying to remember. When, when they're showing right before the film goes crazy, they show where they go into this, they they blow up that display oh, in the window. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, you're right. That is That's... Apple. It's a, it's a Macintosh. That happens at the 84th minute of the movie. <laughs> Which, if you know anything, Apple had that 1984, I'm, you know, back in 1984, they did that that super that famous Super Bowl commercial, you know, with the 19 aired once. right, the whole that 1984, you know, like like the Orwell, you know, yeah. type stuff. That happens at the 84th minute of the movie when when that display that. explodes. Brilliant. I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't read it years ago. It was like, oh, that's pretty interesting, you know. But it, what's funny about that is the revolutionary computer right. company right. has now become oh, they're corporate the is everything. Corporate. I know, I know. And uh, yeah, and they talk about it. And don't get me wrong, I got a Macintosh here. I got my my I, iPhone. I, you know, yeah. I've got you know because I've got a couple of iPads. You know, but it's one of those things. They very much want to lock down, lock you down into yeah. their their corporation, their corporate speak, and and you know their uh, what do they call it? Their uh, corporate um, uh, lifestyle. But um, yeah, it's basically a lifestyle company. Yeah, but what's it called? It's called something else. It's uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. There's a reason why I don't have any corporate jobs because. <laughs> Uh, for one thing, I've made myself completely unemployable to a corporate, for a corporation uh, with my tattoos and just my general attitude. But it's just kind of one of those like, all right, whatever. Uh, very Gen X thing to do, I know. Yeah. Uh, but all that stuff's happening. They're leading to this. We're basically, in, in theory, I like the idea. They're going to destroy all of these buildings that house the... That that are it's basically the credit corporation. The credit cards is what it's it is. The it's the credit cards and right. the credit reporting right. industry. And so is and the whole the whole thing is if we set everybody back to zero, then we're all on an even playing field. Yeah. Even in nineteen ninety nine, the records for that wouldn't have been like that. They were already starting to move yeah. stuff onto servers and you know, and that kind of stuff. Server so I mean they might they might have been able to do a little bit, yeah. but I mean but Still, but yeah, that that is a one of my favorite scenes in the movie. One of my, and it was one. It was in, and I remember it so vividly. Is when the narrator, like after he discovers that he is Tyler Durden, you know, like that, that yeah. they're one in the same, and uh, he's going to try to stop this thing, and he's and he's quote unquote fighting Tyler in the basement of this this building. Yeah. And he dearms one of the bombs, you know, and Tyler, you know, like throws him out of the, out of the van and goes and closes the door. Well, he rearms the bomb. He rearms the bomb. He closes the door and he goes, and the narrator jumps up and grabs a gun and fires at Tyler and it goes through the The back back window window and through the windshield. And Tyler stands in front of him. He's like, whoa, whoa, you are now, he's like, you have got, you've really done it. You're shooting at your imaginary friend in front of who is standing in front of a van full of 4,000 pounds of explosives. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now my most favorite 
because this movie starts off basically at the end of the movie and then goes back. Oh, yeah, we should go here. Yeah, and it goes back and he starts telling the story. You know, the narrator's telling the story of how we got here. Yeah. So what starts off is that you get a scene. Once again, if you haven't seen this movie, but the scene where... Tyler's got the gun in the narrator's mouth, and he says, "So, do you have any final? You have any last words?" And he says, oh, 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 "Whatever." And he pulls out. He's like, "I can't think of anything." And then he goes through and tells a story. So you get to this point where he's like, "And then, so we're back where we started." And he's got the gun in his mouth. Yeah. And he says, "So, have you got any last words?" And he pulls it out. And he says, "I still can't think of anything." And Tyler goes, "Flashback humor." <laughs> 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 The other, the other line that hit me there is when you've got a gun in your mouth, you can only say vowels. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so anyways, it comes down to uh, uh, the narrator, quote unquote, kills Tyler, and we watch. Uh, well, the narrator basically tries to commit suicide by putting the gun in his mouth and pulling right, the trigger, right? Uh, but he manages to screw it up. Well, yeah, he kills. He quote unquote kills Tyler. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he shoots, and that's another one. Everybody's like, "Sir, are you okay?" He's like, yeah, "I'm fine, I'm fine," you know, because he's like shot basically through his neck. Is yeah. what he did, is through his mouth and into his neck. Oh no, no, sir, he's not kidding. You look really awful. You need medical assistance. I'm fine. Oh. Look, I'm fine. Everything's <coughs> fine. Dad, my shit. Let her go. Hi, Marla. You leave her with me and get your stuff. I'll meet you downstairs. Are you sure? <coughs> yes, I'm sure. You fucker! What kind of sick fucking game are you playing at? Putting me on a fucking bo- Oh my god, your face! Yeah, I know. What happened? I would ask. You're shot? Yes, shot. And uh, and that's the same thing Basically when, when broke his jaw. Yeah, it when they bring his jaw. What's so funny is when Marla comes in and she's being Marla and just screaming and blah blah blah. And she's like, I can't believe. Whoa, what happened to you? <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> well, I shot myself. Are you okay? He's like, I shot myself. Yeah. Like, Can I get some you galls? Can I get some galls? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I don't know if you noticed because they say it so low when the other member like the, the when the space monkeys get into elevator to leave yeah. one of them says I can't believe he's standing I see and the other guys is like tough as a motherfucker I've ever seen <laughs> it's just like <laughs> and it's like yeah to get shot like that there's no way that you well, would be standing not so just I mean, to get shot like that but to shoot yourself like I know that. I know but then we get the beautiful beautiful scene when the buildings start exploding yeah and they're standing there and the pixie song where is my mind starts playing yep and Tyler looks, or, well, the narrator, looks over at Marla and takes her hand and says, Marla, look at me. I'm really okay. Trust me. Everything's going to be fine. You met me at a very strange time in my life. And then you just see the buildings falling down in the background. And I'm like, that is one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best endings. Yeah. Of course, then you get the shot of a naked dude. <laughs> just like one, one frame of it. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I've actually got a theory okay. about after he shot himself. Okay. I don't think he got rid of Tyler. Okay. I think he probably, I, I, my theory is, is that he put the two halves of himself back together. And now that he's going to end up a blend of those two okay. characters. Without giving away everything that happens in Fight, Fight Club 2, I'm going to answer that question. Okay. We fast forward, I think it's 10 years later. And I'm not giving away what I said. The narrator's real name is Sebastian. Okay. We, we've come to find that. Him and Marla are married. They have a son. And he is taking medication to subdue Tyler. Okay. We find out over the course of Fight Club 2 that Tyler has been with him since he was a kid. Really? And Tyler is a, uh, is a mental virus that can infect anyone. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, and that's all I'm going to say because it goes... You, you start finding out some more stuff that becomes... Now, here's what happens in the book, and this isn't good because this happens so early on. infectious? Something like that, yeah. Okay. Um, here's what happens in the book that causes... Or one of the things that causes Tyler to reemerge is that Marla really doesn't like this life because he's back working a corporate job and all this kind of stuff. And she's essentially a housewife and she doesn't like their sex life and that kind of stuff. So she starts giving him placebos instead of the real medication for Tyler to come out, which is a Marla thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like you said, you have a type. Yeah. Well, you know, but you, you like, I put on one of the, on, on the playlist, one of the videos on YouTube that yeah. I put on there, someone went through and ba- it's a half hour video and it basically goes through the entire comic of Fight Club 2 and tells the story Okay. with pictures and you know, all that kind of stuff. And it tells the story. It gets very meta. Okay. It gets very meta because Chuck Palahniuk is in the book, is in Fight Club 2. Okay. Yeah, and it talks about like the the cult of Tyler and you know people and like him and he even calls out, "Is this too meta? Is this you know type stuff?" You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's one of those type things, you know. And you see him and Tyler you're, like talking to each other and, and all this kind of junk, you know. Yeah. Um, it's okay. It's it's pretty decent. It, it was kind of one of those like I think it, it probably it's nice that it was this was it was published by uh, Dark Horse Comics. Um, and it was published issue to issue. You know, it was like, yeah. I think it was five or six issue comic or something like that. And they, the, the version you have here is a hardback. I have a hardback cover. Graphic, there is a, there is a paperback novel. of it also. Um, and um, I'm not going to lie. I mm. honestly prefer comics in this form. Yeah. So, but anyways, Flight Club is awesome. Uh, I love the movie. I have watched it a lot. Like I said, there is, there is some controversy around. We didn't really get into it. One of the controversies about this movie, and I fully am on board with this one, it's not even really that controversial, is that there is a certain sect of society who watched this movie and came away with completely wrong. Yeah. Of it really started the bro culture of the affliction wear and the, you know wanting to fight all the time and, you know, and, you know, you know, what's the matter, bro? Huh? What's up, bro? You know, just type this hyper masculine, like douchebag, you know, just, and believe me, 
the years after this movie came out, when that became prevalent, like the about the ten years or so in between, yeah. you know, the movie releasing. I dealt with that quite a bit when I was I was single and back out in the bars and stuff again. All of a oh, sudden, yeah. it's like, oh, who opened the douche factory? I mean, just and you come to find out, all of them's favorite movie is Fight Club. Well, something that else. oh, excuse me, everybody's favorite movie in that sect is Fight Club and the Boondock Saints. <laughs> Those two movies. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I kind of hate that because I really like the Boondock yeah. Saints, and I actually own the the metal book. The steel book, yeah. The steel book of Boondock. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, that, that movie's... I enjoy that anyway, movie. Anyway, it's, you, it's you need to see Overnight. You yeah. really need to. It's a documentary about the making of that movie. Oh, really? Oh, you will come away with a whole different perspective on it. Well, I guess I need so, to find it then. Yeah. Um, the other thing that this movie shows is how easy it is to... If you have a bunch of men... Mm-hmm. That really have no outlet, right? That really have nobody to turn to, right? That have literally no outlets whatsoever. Mm-mm. How easy it is to turn them into a sect, oh, yeah, and corrupt them, right? And turn you them turn into a cult. That's yeah. what it is. It is a cult of Tyler Durden, is what it is. And you I mean, know, and again, I'm going to drop in here of when, when the narrator discovers that he is Tyler Durden. Yeah. And Durden flat says, I'm everything that you're not. Say it. Because we're the same person. That's right. We are the all singing, all dancing crowd. I don't understand this. You were looking for a way to change your life. You could not do this on your own. All the ways you wish you could be, that's me. I look like you want to look. I fuck like you want to fuck. I am smart, capable, and most importantly, I'm free in all the ways that you are not. Oh, no. Tyler's not here. Tyler went away. Tyler's gone. What? This is impossible. No. This is crazy. People do it every day. They talk to themselves. They see themselves as they'd like to be. They don't have the courage you have to just run with it. Naturally, you're still wrestling with it, so sometimes you're still you. We should do this again sometime. Other times, you imagine yourself watching me. This is your first night at Fight Club. You have to fight. Little by little, you're just letting yourself become Tyler Durden. You are not your child! Like I said, I'm going to drop that in there. I'm not even going to try to... It it shows how easy that a charismatic character can turn a group of people Mm -hmm. to their will. We see it. We've seen it... Jonestown. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you can go down a whole bunch of the Bikram uh, uh, yoga, that whole situation. You know, you look the or the uh, the 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 uh, what is it? Uh, wild Wild Country. You know, stuff that happened. Yeah. Did you ever see that one? I mean, there's plenty of examples of that type of uh, the Branch Davidians. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can go down the line of, of all that type of stuff. You get this charismatic, you know. Guy, yeah. it's, cults are almost never founded by women. It's always men. <laughs> it's <laughs> Wait, if, if you don't understand how something like this happens, yeah. this movie's a pretty good yeah, example really of how is. something like you know? that happens. And, and and it's I've had one legit corporate job in my life, and I was miserable the entire time I was there. Like 
entire time I was there. And I would not go back to that for anything in my, in my life. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care how much money you're giving me. I will not go back to this whatsoever. Yeah. You know, and that's very, you know, one of the other movies that came out in 1999, and I, I still don't think it's as good as everybody goes on and on about is Office Space. And, I mean, it's, it's a funny movie, but I, didn't, I just didn't connect with it the way that so many other people did, probably because I had not worked a corporate job at that point, I, you know? I connect with that. Yeah, movie. and so it was just kind of one of those things where it was just like, I, yeah, okay, I can see it a little more now. You know, just that that very repressive culture of you know conformity and this you know and and all that stuff. And he goes through you know, and as he's getting more and more involved in Fight Club, you know, he like he even says he's like I I don't even wear a tie to work any longer. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of one of those things where he's where becoming, he could look at his boss and tell what day it was by the what? By color of tie he was wearing. Yeah, yeah I know it was. Uh, it's like oh, it's cornflower. It must be Tuesday. Yeah, you know, it's. I need you out of town a little more this week. We got some red flags to cover. It must have been Tuesday. He was wearing his cornflower blue tie. Yeah, that type of stuff, you know. And uh, and there's a lot of that, too. You know, if they're in that meeting, and he was like, yeah, well, I ran it past my man over here. And everything. he just like, yeah, he shows his teeth. He's just like all bloody and everything, yeah. you know. And everybody's just like, what in the world? But it is one of those things where they show that, and it goes back to why Chuck Palahniuk wrote this book, you know, of it shows him walking through and he's got a black eye and all this stuff and people are kind of looking at him, but they're not saying anything. They're just, okay, whatever, just go about your business, you know. That eventually turns to everybody he looks at that's kind of looking at him, eventually acknowledging him as sir. Right, exactly. Well, I'll tell you one of the things. This movie from the beginning, after after you watch it the first time, you go back and 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 you watch it again because the second time you watch the movie, you're looking for all the clues. Yeah. They're there from the very beginning of yeah. stuff. So little little things that are that are dropped here and there of how, you know, uh, one of them for me that I thought was kind of curious when I watched it the first time in theaters was when Marla calls, and yeah, yeah and she's like, you know, she's taking the Xanax, you know, whatever, and he was like, whatever, and he puts the phone down and he leaves. Well, not only that, it was like, how'd you track me down here? Yeah, well she, well, she said there was a forwarding number. But this was after his phone, you know, you left a forwarding number, I guess, at the old whatever, you know. Yeah. But it's one of those things that when that happens, and then he, he just puts the receiver, the phone receiver on top of the phone and leaves. Yeah. And then Tyler, who you can see in the background, comes walking up a little bit later and gets on the phone and starts talking, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, he know. never even talks to her. He, he does. Just, he, he picks just... up the phone and he listens and he says something. And she's talking. I guess that's yeah. what it is. And then he goes over to her place. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I remember at the time being, this is kind of curious because first off, he knew where to go. Yeah. And secondly, when he, when he when she opens the door, she just says, what took you so long? Yeah. She doesn't act like, who are you? What's, you know, what, you know. T-. So there was a few things that was like, okay, well, she's Xanaxed, you know, so it's, yeah. you know, we'll figure out what's going, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, I guarantee you, again... I haven't read the book, okay? I've, I've read bits and pieces of it, but I've never read the entire book. That's how I knew that the, the ending was different, you know, and somebody had told me that anyway. Um, I don't know how much they get into, like Tyler does in the movie, of, hey, did you know you can create a bomb, you know, dynamite with this and that, and, yeah. and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. That's the fact renders the talus float to the surface, like in Boy Scouts. I can imagine you as a Boy Scout. Keep stirring. 
since the title hardens, you can skim off a layer of glycerin. If you were to add nitric acid, you got nitroglycerin. If you were then to add sodium nitro, dash the sawdust, you got dynamite. Yeah, with enough soap, one could blow up just about anything. Obviously, if that wasn't in the book, the guy that wrote the screenplay had at some point come into contact with and read parts of the Anarchist Cookbook. Which you can't hardly find anymore. It's still one of those things that it's in print, but you can't just walk in and buy it. And if it's, you do, you're it's probably going to end up on, on a, a watch, list. On a yeah, list. because it's one of those things that that I know this because I know someone who used to have a copy of it, but he required it through a different means. And I've also there was a there is a documentary called The Anarchist Cookbook where yeah. they go and they find the guy who wrote it, who has since he, he's passed since this documentary was made. I think it came out in either 2017 or 2018 or something like that. But in that documentary, he had even said, I really regret writing this book, you know, and getting it out there because it has been, it has been used for some terrorist activities, you know, around, you know, and, uh, but it's one of those things that according to that, it's one of those things where it's still legal to purchase but if you commit a crime and they find it, it automatically bumps the charges up. Yeah. Because of, you know, so it's one of those weird, like, sure, you can have it, but there's going to be some serious consequences if you, com- if you get busted for something. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> but, now, granted, they didn't tell you the exact things to do. They pretty much laid out in this movie how to make dynamite, how to make nitroglycerin, how to, you know, yeah. different stuff like that. The thing about it is, is, with the advent of the internet, it's all out there. It's yeah, all I know, out there. Project Gen X podcast does not endorse no, anything that no, we're we talking don't, about. Here. We don't endorse any of this. If you're doing this, we're just you're wrong saying. And stop it. We're just saying. Get into a lot of the dark web stuff. You know, it's you don't, yeah. you don't even have to go to the dark web to find a lot of it. No. that's how ISIS recruits. You know, I mean, it's just one of those things that they get people in. Like, hey, did you know what you can do this? Did you know, it's kind of the same stuff that Tyler does. Yeah. You know, no, where it's, it's exactly the same. I know where it's you know, <laughs> you know what you know what's funny about it. And I said this years and years ago, um, not in conjunction with this, but in watching this movie again, it kind of it kind of dovetail dovetails in with the rest of this. Yeah. When I was working uh, my corporate job, I worked for Saturn. I'll say it because they're not yeah. in business any longer. Um, I remember telling somebody at the time, I was like, you know, all this corporate corp- Corporate culture that they're they're pushing it's at, at you know in in the car industry yeah it's not a whole lot unlike trying to recruit people to come to church and well recruiting it's very to much recruit the same. anybody into anything I know. and it's so and it's kind of one of those things where it's like okay that corporate culture the the you know trying to the um, conversion to a religion. And the indoctrination in the cults all kind of dovetail into the same well, thing. So, I mean, building a corporate lifestyle, mm-hmm. and I mean, Harley's one of the best out there they are. at building they are. that corporate lifestyle. It's it's a lifestyle, you know. You don't right. you don't just ride a motorcycle. No, you, you yeah. ride a Harley. Right, and and you, and you wear you wear Harley leathers, and you you know you get the Harley boots, and, and you only put on the Harley accessories. Exactly, you know, you unless know. you really step it up and go over to S and S. No, or, tr- or whatever. It's not just Harley. It's Triumph. It's whatever. Yeah. Motorcycles in general have their own culture. You know, yeah. it, it's one of those. You know, Harley is kind of the American standard. 
yeah. when it comes to that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it, it very much so. When you get into court, yeah. when you get into Harley's culture, one, Apple's Apple, one, mm-hmm. um, Coke and Pepsi. Yeah, it's yeah. Are you are you Ford and Chevy? Yeah, you know what are you can go down the line of a whole bunch of that stuff. Amazon is one. Mm, you know, screw I mean, Amazon. it's I know you don't like, but I'm just saying it. But it is a Walmart. I mean, that is the the whole, like, if you work for Walmart, you know, they have this whole thing where they have a meeting. You can go and, like, see it online. Yeah. Where Before they, they op- really get the doors they open. open the door, they, they all have, get together. And they, they have they, a pep rally. And they have a pep rally. And they chant, and, you know, and it's like, and all that kind of it's, stuff. It's, it's kind like, of, mm. you know, that stuff developed over in Japan. Right. With their corporations. And as Japan has become more of an industry player in the U.S., they've brought that lifestyle with mm-hmm. them. I was working for a, a catering company a while back. And we would always have these, like, right before we would really get started, we'd all come together, and, and whoever was the, the lead would, would yeah. tell us kind of what's going on, this and that, and that kind of stuff. And I remember the first time I was standing there, and I'm like, are we being indoctrinated indoctrin- into a cult? <laughs> Just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they loved that. <laughs> and, when, and it was funny because, like, a couple of the people that, that were working there started laughing because they knew. I was just like, this is a little too much. Uh, yeah. Okay. But, you know, I get it. You want to get everybody on the same page, you know, and that kind of stuff. But anyway, I know we've kind of gotten off to- topic here, but here's it all your, goes here's back. Here's your goat skin chaps. Go yeah, stand exactly. over there I mean, and wait for your, your yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just, this movie is, is so good. And it hits so many, we, we really scratched, barely scratched the surface on this. So you can get into, yeah. there is a theory out there that was floated. Uh, and I've got it on the, yeah. in the playlist a little while back that Marla Singer may not actually exist either. No, she exists. Well, does she? You're going to go back and, and go back to the bus scene. The bus scene? But the problem is, is that you never see the bus fully go by. But there's that. There's also it, the fact. It's literally a hard cut. There, There is, I know there is Project Mayhem. Yeah. Kidnaps her, you know, and brings her in at the end. Yeah. But none of them really interact with her whatsoever. Well, it's a cult of Matter men. of fact, no one interacts with her throughout this entire movie except for the narrator and Tyler. Well, yeah. I'm just not going to buy into <laughs> it. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just saying, there is, there, there, is, there is an argument to be made that, Maybe. you know, but there, there's always, somebody has a theory always about stuff. Yeah, so. There's always a theory. Yeah, so then, and I'm sure there's plenty of other ones out there, you know, the whole, hey, we, we kind of touched on, you know, Bob's death. You know, that, and that was one of those things where, you that, know, when that whole thing happens and, you know, and it's like, you know, hey, you know, and he says, you know, the narrator says, no, his name, his name's Bob, you know, and the, the one guy says, sir, but sir, in Project Mayhem, no one has a name. Yeah. And he's like, no, this guy had a name. His name was Robert Paulson. Sir, in, in Project Mayhem, we have no names. No, you listen to me. This is a man and he has a name. And it's Robert Paulson. Okay. Robert Paulson. He's a man and he's dead now because of us. All right. Do you understand that? I understand. In death, a member of Project Mayhem has a name. His name is Robert Paulson. 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 Come on, guys. His name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. This is all over with. His name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. 
and then they start chanting his name is Robert Paulson, you know, and it's kind of one of those like, oh, wow, this is where people really go crazy. So, so. Well, no, I mean the guy, the guy makes a point because how, point, how many but, people walk around feeling alone mm-hmm. and not feeling like mm-hmm. anybody knows who they are, mm-hmm. but the second there's a funeral. All of a sudden, yeah, I know. All of a sudden, everybody, know everybody knows your name. Exactly. Everybody's the greatest person up. in the world. Yeah. That's why I have rules against that at my funeral. That <laughs> no one gets to say he was the nicest guy. You don't get to say that. Well, see, just you know, because all of you, you said that, that I'm going to be the one that does everybody it. Everybody that knows me knows better. So, <laughs> just because you said that, I'm going to be the one that does it. I tell you another one from early in the movie. Another line that I, I love is the when he's when he's confronting Marla, and yeah. she asks, "So why are you coming?" To these, to these meetings. Oh God, why are you doing this? It's cheaper than a movie and this free coffee. No, look, this is important, okay? These are my groups. I've been coming here for over a year. Why do you do it? I don't know. When people think you're dying, man, they really, really listen to you instead of just... Instead of just waiting for their turn to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty... That's yeah. That's, well, I mean, there's a lot of that going yeah. on today. There's a oh, lot yeah. of people talking and nobody's nobody listening. listening. I agree, and it is. It's we live in a society that's just waiting for their turn to talk. That's yeah. all it is. It's um, because when the other person's talking, and I've been guilty of it, you're I already thinking up your response exactly. to what they're saying, but you're not listening to what they're exactly. saying. So your answer doesn't match what no. they've just. It's you're, yeah. you have your talking points that you're trying to get to. That's all politics in the Americas today is is, is talking points. It's not any solutions. It's just talking. Well, points, everybody's so. everybody's working so hard for their soundbite, right? You know, their exactly. little fifteen second well, soundbite. You know, this is where I'm going to destroy this person. It's like, no, you're not. Which, you're not going to own me. I'm sorry. It's which is a, why I look at friends. I go, you really need to learn the art of silence. Exactly. There, exactly. there's a power in not saying something. When I learned a long time ago, when I was in my mid-ish twenties, that when you were in a room full of people who were talking, if you were completely silent. And sitting by yourself, you become the most interesting person in the room. Well, not only that, if you're talking to somebody that you haven't talked to before, mm-hmm. and I've used this in interviews, where somebody will look at me and ask me a question, and I'll just sit there and look at them for a few minutes. It's amazing how uncomfortable oh, they Oh, people get hate silence. People, yeah. Really quick. It's a, a Pulp Fiction. You know, yeah. the, the, don't you love that? that? That comfortable silence where you just no, shut up. Don't, and, don't you hate that? What? Uh, uncomfortable silences. God damn, it's a pretty fucking good milkshake. Told you. I don't know if it was worth five dollars, it was pretty fucking good. necessary to yak about bullshit in order to be comfortable? I don't know. That's a good question. That's when you know you found somebody really special. And you can just shut the fuck up for a minute and comfortably share silence. Well, I don't think we're quite there yet, but don't feel bad. We just met each other. I'll tell you what. 
I'm gonna go to the bathroom and powder my nose. And you sit here and think of something to say. I'll do that. Anyway, I, I found another one I have to watch again. I haven't seen that again. one in a while, so it's I've again I've seen that movie so many times I could probably sit here and quote it to you. Yeah, um, but we won't do that because cancel culture. Because <laughs> there's some stuff in there. That, yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, guys. You can get in touch with us. Uh, tell us what you think about Fight Club. Like it, hate it, Guys, love it, whatever. We keep asking for interaction with yeah. you. We actually do want to hear from you. We want Look, to talk to you. We, Give us ideas. And I'm hoping... Give us some feedback. I'm sure we've got some new listeners because we just posted on a whole bunch of new platforms yeah. recently. And I mean a bunch of new platforms recently. And Biscuit's all excited about it because he won't shut up, obviously. But um, we're... I mean, it's basically anything you want to listen to us on now, you can. Um, I think the only one we're Except not Spotify. on is Spotify, and there's a couple of reasons for that. So uh, I'll say it. Their, their terms of service. Their terms of service suck is what it comes down they're, to. They're almost Amazonian. Yeah, in a lot of ways. So, um, But it's one of those things. You can listen to us anywhere. You can get in touch with us at our email is um, projectgenxpod.com. Project Gen X Pod at gmail.com. You're going to have to do this because you changed everything on me. Well, it's just projectgenxpod at gmail.com. Yeah. The Facebook is still the, the Facebook same. is still the same. You, I mean, if if you you know just go look Project Gen X Pod or Project Gen X Podcast is actually what it is. But if you were already following us, it's already there. Uh, same thing. Well, we we have an Instagram now. Woo! Uh, that is uh, Project Gen X Pod is what. And, and there's a couple of pictures up there. There will be more. I created a new one. I haven't done anything with As it. As you can tell, then. we don't really talk to each other either. <laughs> I do most of my work when Dave's sleeping. So <laughs> because, again, I don't sleep a whole lot, especially these days. And so it's one of those things that I'm at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, hmm, I should go look at this. And the next thing I know, it's several hours later. And I've, I've like, you know, I have uh, submitted us to like you know, 20 new places. And I've gone and started looking at a website. And I've started doing this. I started doing that. We, <laughs> just, we've started doing this together. But now it's mostly Alan. I'm going to be honest. It's... I, I'm here for him to bounce ideas off. Well, of. I'm kind of the Tyler Durden of this group. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm working while you're sleeping, and it's like, <laughs> oh, oh, good lord, that makes me the narrator. We are so screwed. Anyway, so guys, thank you so much. We will be back with uh, some more. Uh, well, we've got another cool movie we're going to be doing here pretty soon, and we're all in this together. Remember, we're we're Gen X. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. So, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>